Actually, I want to dedicate this morning to two guys. I've got two friends. Uh, neither of them have ever been into our service. One of them is watching right now. We were chatting last night, and he's a new friend, and uh, he's faced all sorts of horrific stuff in his life in the last couple of years. Just horrible things have gone on, and he's made just choices to put one foot in front of the other. And I know, like him and like others who are in this room and watching online, you've, you've faced some really difficult things, but you've made a choice to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I want to say that I'm proud of you and things are going to turn for good for you. And God loves you and he's going to work them together for good for everybody. And that, today can be a turning point for so many people in this room and watching online. So that's, that's the first one of my friends. The second one is an older friend I've had for about 10 years. He's a lot of fun. I love him. I spend a reasonable amount of time with him. He makes me and everybody around him laugh. Uh, he's a tragic supporter of the Geelong Football Club. Uh, Geelong Football Club won the premiership this year. Okay. However, the, the fascinating thing about my friend is he's never watched this, this year or for a number of years any of their games live. It stresses him out too much to watch his football team actually play. He gets, he gets too anxious. And so he checks at the end of a game whether his team won or not. And if they won, he goes back and watches them again. And so he's told me that next year he's going to watch the games. So I, this, is, this is for you, buddy. This is to help you not be anxious next year so that you can win and come second behind the mighty Carlton Blues. God bless you. And everybody said, all right. So, so look, if you're, all of us face anxiety at one time or the other. Everybody in this room will be anxious at different seasons around different things. Whether it's visiting the dentist, come on, somebody. Whether it's getting a needle. I'd rather get a needle in my mouth than blood taken from me. I don't know why, it's just weird. For someone, getting your blood taken. For someone, it's a job interview. You get anxious. For someone, it's, it's an exam. For someone, it's getting married next week, for example, Sam and Alex. Uh, so for someone, it's your kids are learning to drive and you've got to go in the car with them. That's a horrific moment if, you've, if you're struggling with anxiety, especially if they're confident and think they know what they're doing. And I had two of those. Uh, you know, it might be, look, there's, there's, as a husband, there's, there's a couple of things that will instantly get my heart going with anxiety. And it's something like this, honey, we need to sit down and talk. <laughs> You've heard it. Or even worse, I just want us to talk about our feelings. Oh. All right, who can help? Who knows what I'm talking about there? Help me out, fellas. All right. Now, for some people, anxiety is a normal part uh, of life. It comes and goes with circumstances, and that's circumstantial anxiety, all right? But for other people, anxiety cripples you socially. It affects your relationship, it affects your work, and it affects your ability to enjoy life. A man once went to see his therapist and said, look, I'm pretty much a laid-back person. I only really care about two things. Every person on earth and what they think about me and the crushing psychological weight of being alive. Just those two things. That, that's all I'm worried about. And some of you might be able to relate to that sense of overwhelming anxiety. Over years, I've personally faced challenges of anxiety uh, in finances. I'm a business owner. There's been many anxious moments around my business life. Uh, key relationships in my life when there's conflict has caused me anxiety. Other times, it's been related to my own self-confidence, feelings of inadequacy and inferiority and anxiety that relates out of that. Last week, we talked about stress. 
and stress and anxiety are close siblings. They go hand in hand. A lot, of, a lot of the things that come with stress and circumstances will trigger anxiety in us. And so I'm not going to repeat last week's message. I'll just encourage you to go back and listen to some of the keys that we talked about, things like, uh, th- things like uh, exercise, living healthy, uh, things like uh, a mental mind um, uh, makeover, things like loving relationships, how important they are, uh, things like unplugging and withdrawing as a regular practice in our life. The thing with anxiety, though, is you can unplug and withdraw, but if you've got anxiety on the inside, running around in your mind, spiraling thoughts out of control, even withdrawing just takes you into a place where you're overwhelmed by your anxious thoughts. And so there's, there's additional strategies and thoughts that we need to have in terms, of, in terms of managing anxiety. So there's circumstantial anxiety, and the thing with that is once the circumstance changes, the anxiety or stress leaves. But then there are conditions of anxiety. There, you know, Beyond Blue says anxiety is the number one mental health challenge for Australians. Uh, There are statistics that say one in six Australians will face some sort of anxiety disorder at some point in their life. Anxiety is a person's specific reaction to stress. Although it, it might start with something external, often anxiety, the difference between stress and anxiety is it's internal. It's typically characterized as persistent feeling of apprehension or dread in situations that are not actually threatening. Uh, The Calm Clinic says that there's about 241 different symptoms of anxiety. I'm not going to list them today. Common symptoms are fatigue, irritability, sleep disturbance, muscle tension, sweating, tightness of chest. And and then uh, a panic attack or an anxiety attack for, for many people is like the culmination of those things. Not because of stress, but because of anxiety. And the problem with anxiety is anxiety, you can end up being anxious about being anxious. Or you can have a symptom that is an anxiety trigger and that that triggers more anxiety and that's a a, a process called the fear of fear. So today we're going to jump into some more thoughts around how we can manage, deal with, find victory over anxiety. We're going to look at one particular scripture that I want to unpack for us today. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 and it's the Apostle Paul writes to a young leader by the name of Timothy. We know that Timothy's given to feelings of anxiety because in other places, Paul writes to him and says, uh, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. He says, but you've got frequent stomach upsets, so you need a little wine for your stomach. He's, he's addressing some of the, the symptoms of his anxiety and his worry about what people are thinking about him and a range of different things. And he writes to him in his second book, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and in verse 7, verse 6, he tells him, stir up the gift of God. You've got a great future. God's got great plans for you. That's the essence of what he's saying. He says, stir up the gift. And then he goes on and says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to read that to you again. I want want you to hear this from God as a, a letter to your heart today. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear or anxiety but one of power, love, and a sound mind. 
First thing I want you to know is, although you might struggle with anxiety and although I might struggle with anxiety at times or consistently, that is not God. It's not His gift to you or His curse on you. It's not something that God has placed on you. You might be more predisposed to anxiety than another person's more predisposed to anger and it's part of your makeup. However, anxiety is not from God. I want you to know that very clearly. God can help you to break anxiety's control over your life and the limitations it places on you. There's physical things you can do. Research shows that relaxing your body will help relax your mind. So there's, there's things to do with your breathing that will slow down your heart rate. Mindfulness, focusing on being in the present. Uh, I even read some research that said less coffee is going to help you, but I'm not sure I'm buying into that. Uh, I saw some other research. New research suggests drinking coffee in the morning helps other people live longer. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. That's what it does. Just, I don't know if you can relate to that. Anyway, anyway, just physical things. There are apps that will help you with strategies around your mind if an anxiety attack, you feel one coming. And again, I'm not a psychologist or an expert. I'd say talk to a GP, talk to a psychologist. Uh, there are two that I want to recommend you have a look at. One is called Calm. One is called Anxiety Release. These are things for you to, to learn the skills around your mind and, and body to get those things working together. Sometimes it's necessary to have medication for a season. Sometimes you need a GP to help you or a psychologist or counsellor to really go to work on identifying what is the cause of anxiety for you and then how to manage it and how to overcome it. I love that the, a, a clinical psychologist, Dr. Christina Iglesia, says this, I absolutely believe there are some mental health conditions that persist throughout our lifetime, at times well managed but still impacting us. But this is not the same for all mental health struggles. People can recover from eating disorders. People can heal from trauma. People can end their struggle with addiction. People can overcome their phobias. The storyline needs to be changed. Not all mental health struggles are life sentences. And so I'll come back to what Paul said to Timothy, and I want to say it to your mind and say it to your heart today. Anxiety is not from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but He's given you one of love, power, and a sound mind. So let's look at those three things, power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. Because based on this scripture, it's God saying, if you want to get free from fear or worry or anxiety, then here's three very key uh, things for you to apply. And I'm going to start with a sound mind. Then we're going to talk about love and how important it is in overcoming anxiety. And then we're going to talk about the power of God. We're talking about really things that are uh, mind things, a sound mind, heart things, our emotion, and spiritual things that, that often is overlooked in the battle to overcome anxiety. A sound mind. A sound mind. Another translation of that is a self-disciplined mind. For me, when I was in my early 20s, I, was, I began a business that was going backwards fast, putting a lot of financial stress on me, a lot of risk to my family. And I, would, I, would, I was under stress, external, real stress. But then that stress internalized into, into anxiety. And anxiety began to play out worst case scenarios. Anxiety began to catastrophize that if this was the, the trajectory of the business and we're losing thousands of dollars every month, then all sorts of terrible things were going to happen. 
And I would have physical symptoms in this season. I'd come home from work. It would interrupt my, I was newly married. It would interrupt, uh, interrupt my sleep. Uh, I would sweat in my forearms. I would sweat. Uh, I would go to write on paper and all the paper would get sticky. Uh, I would find myself going to pray. And really, when I would pray, pretty much all I would do is talk to God about my problems. And then the focus on my problems actually made the problems even more real and more overwhelming. And so sometimes I'd come back, for, I remember leaving my home to walk and at night to pray to God about my, the challenges I was facing. And I'd come back more stressed and more anxiety than when I first went. And if you talked to me at that point and said, oh, you just oh, calm down, John. That doesn't help. It's all going to be good. That doesn't help. Okay, it's just like, you know, it's like when you say, uh, I lost something and someone says, well, where was the last place you saw it? I'm like, duh, obviously. Don't say that. If I knew that, I would find it, all right? So there's just some unhelpful things. Oh, God's got this. Just pray about it. You'll be good. So I needed to, to find some keys to dealing with this anxiety. And so Paul writes and says, there's a sound mind, there's a sound mind. And often a, a, a trigger thought does what most of us will do. We, we catastrophize. And anxiety has a way where a little, a small thought suddenly gets a life of its own and goes bouncing around our head. Your husband's late home from work and five minutes late and, oh my gosh, he's had a car accident. Oh my gosh, he's half an hour late. He's having an affair. Oh my gosh. He's not just had a car accident. I can see myself in the hospital. I can see you surrounding him and there's tubes. And oh my gosh, uh, he's dying. Oh my gosh, we're at the funeral. Oh my gosh, I've got no money. The insurance wasn't paid. Oh my gosh, I'm now homeless because we can't afford to. That's called catastrophizing. And it's amazing the slippery slide of anxious thoughts that go from boom, 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 very quickly and then will not stop. This is this, the mind, it's very active. God's given us an active mind. It's called your imagination. Now, the devil wants to use it for evil. God wants to use it for good, for creativity and for your future. But we've got to understand our mind's thoughts. Uh, they will be bombarded by thoughts, but just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. We've got to learn right from the outset that if we're going to get on top of anxiety, we've got to get on top of our thoughts. So in uh, Psalm 139, verse 23, 24, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So the, the key to getting your mind sorted around anxiety, and this is not an instant wham-bam, it's all done today, fam. It's, this is a journey, learning to overcome, learning to, to, to work on your mind. But the, the key is, number one, is to recognize irrational thoughts. Just to recognize them. Oh, no, he's just 10 minutes late. It's okay. The traffic must be bad. There's, I'm going I'm to recognize those, those thoughts. That, that's not rational. Fear, I've got a fear of going, let's say you've got a fear of going on airplanes and you're like, this thing's going to crash. I know it's going to crash. It's all, everything I go on goes to crash. I, I love Alfie Langer, who has a fear of flying. and He always gets the back seat on the plane and his rationale is this, is you've never seen a plane reverse into a mountain. So he's like, I'm just going to get in the back seat. I'm like, dude, that's... That, yeah, that's a rugby league mindset right there, just saying. <laughs> so you, you have irrational thoughts. So just recognize it. That's not factual. That's not true. Test your thoughts. God, uh, search me, know my, test me and let me know my anxious thoughts. So first of all, I recognize I don't have to believe all my thoughts. 
So they're, they're just thoughts. They're not truth. So that's number one. Number two, Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take it captive. Isaac was telling me recently, our, our youth leader Isaac, about a, a time-honored tradition of our youth ministry called Capture the Leaders. And every year at youth camp, the leaders will run away and all the youth have to go and find them and capture them and drag them back. Doesn't matter the rules, there's no rules, just drag them back to the base. And if you do that, the youth team win. He's telling me about a moment where he ran and he slid under a car to, to hide under the car and it was really close to the ground. And it's like, oh, you'd be claustrophobic. And he's lying there and all the youth young guys find him and they start to lift up the car. And he's underneath it. Okay, some of you are having a little moment right now. Sorry, all right. They start to lift the car because they're, they want to capture him. And he's like, guys, stop. Don't drop it. Because the springs, it's going to crush my face if you drop it. Uh, not a workplace health and safety incident at all. It's all good. And so, so he's, he's yell, yelling at them and he rolls out and they capture him and they drag him back. And they always have gravel rash or they all drag them through some sort of prickles or weeds or something. And he gets captured. And what the youth guys do with Isaac is what you and I need to do with those thoughts that aren't true or aren't real. Now, you might need some friends to take captive those thoughts. You might need to verbalize it and say, hey, I've got a pain in my leg and I've been thinking it's probably a tumor. And you're like, what? That makes no sense. Now, yes, you should get it checked out. But if you've catastrophized that pain and it's gone crazy and you've thought of the worst case scenario, getting it out with somebody else and praying and getting wisdom. So you're captivating the thought and you're saying, I'm going to bring that under the Lordship of Jesus. I'm going to apply the truth of the Word of God to that. So I take it captive. I recognize it. I take it captive and then I replace it. What do you replace it with? Well, Danielle, okay, so Danielle, she has a brilliant ability to look into the future, to plan ahead. She can see every possible scenario going wrong. Uh, part of her personality and wiring, they, I was in a group once and they said, if ever you want to know what you should do if a rhinoceros breaks through the window and, and runs through the room, just ask this personality, they'll already have a plan for it. They'll already have gone through the worst case scenario. So it makes her a brilliant planner. It makes her a brilliant organizer. It makes her think things through on our behalf. But one of the things that she's learned and she's told me about is whenever I go through all the worst case scenarios, I've trained myself to then go, well, what's the best case scenario? What, what's the best thing that could happen? And then I'm going to lock in on that. I'm going to bring those other thoughts under captivity and I'm going to replace them with, well, this is the best case scenario. He's popped off on the way home. He's a bit late because he's gone to get me flowers. Oh, then that puts pressure on me. But anyway, that's awesome. Move on. I'm getting the move on. So I'm getting the move on. All right. Replace them. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So this is what you replace the thoughts with. This is one of the most powerful keys that you and I can have to overcoming anxiety, and it's to lock in on a good word from God. 
What does God say about this? I recognise that's a lie. I'm bringing it under captivity. I'm capturing it saying that's a lie, but that's not enough. I have to replace it with something else that I can lock my mind in on, meditate on, mutter, say it over and over again. This is uh, Joyce Meyer who wrote the the book Battlefield of of the Mind, one of the greatest teachers on how to get your mind working according to the Word of God. She was sexually abused as a child and she's become a global teacher on the Word of God. I highly recommend her book, The Battlefield of the Mind. But this is what she says. She says, uh, nearly every deliverance God has brought to me has been progressive and has come about by believing and confessing the Word of God. The Bible is full of promises for you and for me about every situation in life. And if I can think the thoughts of God and the way I do that, I can reprogram my mind by confessing it and declaring it and speaking it. Some of you, your key to anxiety today is the Scripture. God hasn't given me a spirit of anxiety or fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And you're just going to say that a hundred times a day. And when anxiety comes to hit you, you're rewiring your mind and replacing that thought with the Word of God. Someone else, I'm just going to give you one more. I could give you heaps. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. You're worried about your future. You're wondering what's going to happen. You can... you can confess this scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Come on, somebody, that's a promise from God. But it's no good being a promise from God in the Bible. It's got to get onto your wall. It's got to get onto your iPad. It's got to get into your mind. And ultimately, that word is powerful to change your life. All right. Everybody say a sound mind. A sound mind, a sound mind. The next thing I want to talk about is love. It gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Love. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. Jesus says this. So don't worry about these things. Only Jesus is allowed to say it. Don't worry. He's not singing it in Jamaican. Don't worry, be happy. He's not, that's not how it goes. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? Like I said, I'm coming to the worship team. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Come on, things, these are issues for people. What, what am I going to do? I'm worried about this stuff. He says, don't worry about it. These are, the, these are things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Now, we're recognizing those thoughts aren't godly thoughts, and we're, we are bringing them captive, and we're replacing them with promises from God. But then he goes on and says this, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. If you seek first his kingdom and live righteously, he will give you everything you need. I want us just to lock in on that, that three words, your heavenly father. See, the anxiety, the, the, the thing that will really cut anxiety off its knees for you and I is to, when we really understand that we've got a father in heaven who loves us. Not, not just that we would have academic knowledge that it's true, but it would be our experience that he loves us. For me, his love comes like a like washes of waves that wash over me when I'm in worship. Waves that wash over me when I seek him in the morning and I stop and I, I sing and I declare over myself, oh God, you love me. Father, you're for me. You, you delight in me. You're proud of me. And, and so often what happens is it's not just an academic knowledge. Oh yeah, God loves you. It's an experience for me to experience the love of God. And when His love washes over us, I love this. It says in 
Psalm 94 verse 19, whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. I love that. When I think about the love of God, I interchange the words, the presence of God. What I need when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling anxious, is to to work on my mind, but my heart needs to experience His love. Your heart needs to experience, not just know, but experience, to let His love wash over you. And that comes, that's a daily practice. Worship will connect your heart to God. Being with other people will help us experience the love of God through others, but the experience of His love is amazing. For me, I remember a moment because I learned about experiencing and practicing the presence of God on a regular basis. That's why I'm looking forward to this week with extra worship and nights of fire. I just, I want to experience His love washing over me. I want His presence. I want to be close to God. And when, when I experienced, I remember a moment I was in Perth. I woke up one early, one morning in Perth. I was preaching that day. And normally I'd get up at five on a morning that I'm preaching and, and I'd been ministering across leaders meetings and things all the weekend and I wasn't particularly, I was trying to land my message and I kept, as I'm praying, I'm waiting on God, I, I, I just kept having waves of His presence just hitting me. It's like amazing. I'm like, and I, I was, it was kind of, I was going like this, Lord, this is awesome, but I've got to preach this morning. Can you give me something? And then wave. Oh, wow. Your love's amazing. Thank you so much. And my phone's ringing. It's my brother. I'm like, come on, bud. I'm having a time with God. Plus, I've got to preach. I'll get back to you later. Presence just washing over with me with love. He's washing me with love. And so eventually, I'm like, he keeps ringing. I answer the phone, and he, re- and he tells me, this is, I think, 2009. Oh, I just found out that mum's died. It's my brother. So our mum's died. I'm like, okay, two things are going on here. One, I know why God's not been giving me my message this morning because we jumped straight back on a plane. But two, that is just like God because he knew something that overwhelming and anxious was about to happen in my world, but he had preloaded me with love. It's like a bubble of his love. And I want you to know, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you go through, his love will wash over you. His love, if, you, if you're hungry for him, his love will comfort you. That's why when you know he loves you, Then the Bible goes on and says, be anxious for nothing, but with all prayer and petition, let your requests be known to God with thanksgiving because He cares for you. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. When you know He loves you, then prayer is not just to God, don't you care about me? Prayer is, God, I know you love me because I've experienced it. Now, these situations, I'm casting them on you with gratefulness and thanksgiving. It's not a desperate prayer necessarily. It's a prayer earthed in the love of God. Can I get our band to come on up last, uh, come up right now? The last thing here is so we're talking about a sound mind, talking about love, and then we're talking about power. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Power, there's, there's, a, there's a thing that, that goes beyond normal anxiety. That's why God, the, the, the Bible says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Because there is a spirit of fear. 
There is a demonic spirit that will uh, bombard your thoughts. It's different to the internal thoughts of your mind and, and the concerns and worries of your heart. There's a spiritual component to this that bubbles up inside of us. And the devil has the ability to get alongside a person and, and harass and, and whisper and yell and scream and, and, and cause all this sort of stirring and upset stuff. And it's, it's not like, you know, some Christians think that's the only way to fix the problem. We need a holistic approach. But I would be kidding you if I didn't talk about the power of demonic spirits to cause anxiety in your life and to help us evict those things today. So in a few moments, what we're going to do is we're just going to open up the meeting. We're going to sing. Uh, and for this, I'm going to open up for people to come out the front for two things. One, if you, if you need to experience the love of God because it's more theoretical than real and you want the Father to pour His love into you by His Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for you. And two, if ongoing fear and anxiety is dominating your life, whether it's because of circumstances beyond your control right now or whether it's more a disorder that just never seems, you can't seem to break free from, we're going to believe this morning that something is going to shift off you. Something is going to break off you that's been a spiritual cause of anxiety, not just a mental cause or a circumstantial cause, a spiritual cause. Sometimes we can experience a trauma in our life and that trauma opens a door to a spirit of fear attaching itself to us and we just cannot seem to get, it doesn't make any logical sense, but we can't seem to get free from it. And God is going to evict you. But here's what I want you to know. You don't just need a church service for a moment where you can evict that. You have the authority, if you're a son or daughter of God, if Christ lives in the inside, if you have a relationship with God, you have the authority to continue to hold out that fear whenever it wants to come in. And you might, here's what you might do as you're, you, you might do some breathing things. You might do some physical things. Then you're going to do some work on, re, on remembering and confessing the Word of God to replace thoughts. And you're going to do some work on experiencing the love of God into your heart to wash out. But then you're also on a daily basis going to, you know, get up in the morning and go, no fear today in my life. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I'm resisting that thing. My favorite illustration of this, and we're going to finish in a moment, but if you've been around, you've heard me talk about this. Uh, just the other day, Danielle and I were at Spirit House in Yandina, and, and there was all over the footpaths was all this, all this uh, straw and uh, dirt, and we're like, oh, there's got to be freaking bush turkeys in here because they go and they scratch, scratch, scratch. And what they do is they get every little thaw, every little straw and every bit of dirt and every stick and they put it in this, and it was, there was a massive mound that this bush turkey had built up as its turkey's nest. And I remember they used to come and try and get into our house. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not having bush turkeys in my backyard scratching and messing. And, and so I would just get in my backyard and get out of here, go and chase it and get a bit aggressive and it would go. My son, who's about four years old, Jackson, at that point, I began to teach him about his authority over bush turkeys on our property. So I'm like, mate, when that thing comes in, even though it's about the same height as you, buddy, this is what you need to do. You come in, you stamp your feet, and you yell, you make yourself really, and you go, get out of here, and you yell at it. And so a bush turkey comes in, and here he is, he's like, about the same height as a bush turkey, and it's coming in, and unbeknownst to him, I'm standing here behind him. And so this bush turkey comes in and I'm like, okay, now. So he stands his feet, get out of here, go, get off. And he's waving his arms. What he doesn't realize is right behind him, here's me going. 
He's not operating in his authority. He's got dad's authority. He's got dad's backing. So you might be a Christian for two days, but you have authority over the devil. You have authority over demonic forces of fear because Jesus has got your back. He's defeated every enemy. He's defeated every starkness. And all you got, you just have to come in His name. In the name of Jesus, I resist fear. Get off my life. You're not going to control me anymore. So this is what we want to do. Can we stand together right now? And I want to just open up the altar for us. And for those of you who are online, you, you can just, why don't you stand up? If anxiety has been dominating your life or you want God's love to touch you, you stand up wherever you are. But I want you, if you're like, I need God's love to pour into my heart or I want to be, fee- I want to be free from fear and anxiety that's been uh, overwhelming my life, just start to come down the front right now. We're going to pray. Power of God's going to touch you. Just, you know, even, even facing your fears right now is getting out of your step, getting out of your seat just physically relocating yourself to get into a place I'm going to position myself to receive the power of God. Keep coming. Come on, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming. coming.